Hey everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. We've got a legend joining us today. All the way from the golden era of pop punk, I am pleased to have Pete Dowdles, vocalist of This Time Next Year, and the brand new project formerly known as Great Out. I'm not going to sit here and act like This Time Next Year wasn't one of my favorite bands and isn't still to this day, because that would all be false information. No Better Broken Glass has literally been my anthem since high school. After a 10-year break from music, Pete is back to reclaim his legendary status as one of the greatest frontmen this scene has ever received. If you're a fan of his music, go check out Great Out's brand new self-titled EP, which is sure to blow your brain to smithereens. Nothing has made me cream this hard since the No Pressure EP. If this EP makes you flop like a fish as well, and you're in the California area, then you need to fill your gas tank and head to Cupertino next Friday, April 8th, for Great Out's first show and Pete's first time stepping on stage in a literal decade. Thank you to Brett Jones from Fireworks and Supergloom for helping to connect me and Pete to make this episode happen. What a fucking G. Without further ado, cast your stones, keep to the streetlights, and lasso around a heart of gold because a new episode starts right now. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Not sure if you're aware, the other podcasts don't compare. Tell your mom if she's too busy to literally stop what she's doing. I need all layers on me as I interview legends for thee. Grab your friends, your dog, and your fish. It's time to rip a new episode for the kids. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show. Did you uh, see the crazy incident that happened last night on television? Oh, yeah. Wait, we're talking Will Smith? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, I was there. Yeah, front and center. Like you, you were there. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I was there. I, I was like, you know, in the in the crowd. No, I. God, I was watching with my wife and her. Like, she had her gal pals over yesterday. Yeah, we all thought it was fake, like straight up. Oh, yeah, no, I did too. I was watching it with my mom, and then I went to like a friend's house, so I just figured I'd watch the replays. You know, the next day for the last couple of awards. And uh, right. hey, my friend just came up from like smoking a cigarette, and he's like, "Yo, check this out." And I thought it was a joke. Like, you know, he goes up there and just slaps him and walks away. Like, you know, just, it kind of did look fake at first, but yeah, it's very real and very crazy. Yeah. I, I think it's healthy. Like our base instinct though, to be like, was that real? Yeah. You know what I mean, like, I kind of question it be like, was that just like totally staged? But somebody sent me like the, the version from like Japan or Australia that had like the unedited audio. And I was like, oh no, that's real yeah <laughs> that, that's, it's like too raw you know what i mean oh where he's like swearing his head off he's so real yeah he's, um, he's so mad in that <laughs> yeah yeah that was like pure rage honestly and like uh, yeah. yeah but i know chris, chris or with chris rock i almost said chris brown chris rock uh didn't press charges so oh oh thank god he probably is gonna down the line though he can get millions for that probably honestly oh not big willie style yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, yourself and three of the members of this time next year just dropped a special surprise on the music world back in December, a brand new EP from a brand new project called Great Out. It's truly incredible, dude. So why, why the urge to come back and do music again? Oh, man, that's wild. So it, it wasn't even like, well, yeah, no, I guess urge is the right way to put it. Um, I don't know, like I've been dying to make music for what, since like probably 2012 or 2013 10 years yeah yeah it's been a minute I mean literally a decade and I think back in like February of 2020 mm-hmm. I would say Dennis the, the he plays guitar in our band was like I, I think we all went out for beers or something like that it's just kind of like we're like you know hanging out whatever and he's like dude like I've been writing music for like the last two years yeah um, let's just do it you know what I mean Mm-hmm. And I knew Tony was already like, they were already like jamming as it, as it was. Mm-hmm. So like, basically they're like, dude, we, we just want you to sing again. Like, let's do what we did with like this time next year, but just as this new kind of like, I mean, honestly, it, it does sound very similar to what we were doing before, but it was just like, let's kind of just do something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people had that like out of COVID, like that, just that huge downtime to just like 
start get creative again. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that was like pretty much it. It's like no different from anyone else that came out with like new music. And everybody was pretty much available at this point because everybody's just kind of settled down a little bit and everybody had a little bit more free time, like you said. Right. So very cool. Um, well, the EP is six songs, all absolute bangers and a truly must listen for anybody that likes fast paced and upbeat pop punk music. Uh, I wrote like sort of a review for the EP and uh, that goes as follows. Albatross opens the experience like a bat out of hell with one of the most entertaining minute long songs I've heard in the past year. Track number two, you got Dante versus the world drops in with, you know, a spin kick to your conscious and pretty much, you know, lets the listener know that they're in for a fun ride. And you guys pretty much slowed it down with the uh, instrumental track lull, which is basically the slow heavenly ascension into the latter half of the EP, you know, truly just strictly banger after banger at that point. And, uh, you know, mea culpa is how you say it. Make mea culpa. Mea culpa, baby. That's the one. Mea culpa. It crashes in as, you know, the the party anthem and is sure to get the crowd goers jumping on heads almost immediately. Uh, You got Hope Dies Last comes in as, you know, a nostalgic, you know, Blink-182 vibes that, you know, that's that's kind of what I got from it. And just, you know, the riffs especially just made me think of Blink and uh, the 90s. And you guys close it out with a cover of the Pixies song Debaser by the Pixies. And you somehow managed to blow that version out of the water, in my opinion. Uh, so who, who had the brilliant idea to do that one as the cover? Oh man, that was hundred percent Dennis. Brilliant. Like, he, yeah. He came out of nowhere. Like, cause I think we for sure wanted to do a, a cover song. Uh, yeah. Like first EP, mm-hmm. but it's such like, uh, can be like such a cringe worthy enterprise of picking the right song. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. You don't want to pick the wrong one and end up on like, you know, catatonic use or something. It almost sounds like that would be the wrong one, but you guys made it the right one, you know? Right. I think there was like this like initial apprehension, but then like we listened to the song together and like, oh, this could make a lot of sense. We just kind of made it our own. And, and like also like paid like heavy respect to the Pixies. Yeah, for uh, sure. And, and kind of doing it the way they wrote it. But were any of you guys again against that idea at first? Were you like, nah, that's, that's no, cool. no, it, it was, it wasn't even like we were against it. It just didn't, it seemed so unorthodox for like the, the yeah. vibe going for with this EP that, yeah uh, but like once dennis kind of like played it out of practice like all oh, that that makes so much sense that rules so mm-hmm. and uh who designed the grayed out ep cover with the sexy grim reaper god that's uh, okay so dennis got in touch with a dude that he knows um i'm gonna get in a lot of trouble for not knowing who this guy is so <laughs> I, i'll just like plead the fifth but um <laughs> dennis has kind of been like he's he's the like he's been orchestrating most of like whatever we can uh say we've put out into the public so far so i would defer mm-hmm. to dennis he's not here um oh shit that's gonna bother me though <laughs> we'll figure it out Let, let's re yeah, let's revisit this because um, <laughs> all good like dennis oh my god oh man <laughs> um and was brad unavailable for the recording or just not feeling like a comeback just yet i think it's the latter for sure like you know, we, we love Brad and, and he's just got, I feel like he's got so much going on with, with his like music and, and he's yeah. all these bands and, you know, I think he's just doing his thing right now. So yeah, he's still grinding. Yeah. He's grinding hard. So nothing but love for Brad, man. I love him and miss her. I still listen to them to this day. Yeah. RIP Tim Landers. Yeah, for sure. Like hundred percent RIP Tim. Yeah. That was cool. Um, so great out has its first show on Friday, April 8th at the X bar in Cupertino, California. And is that, uh, where, where's that exactly? That's kind basically, of... that's San Jose. So I don't know if you're familiar with the Bay, but it's like way, yeah. way at the bottom. So like at the tip of the Bay. About yeah. like an hour from Walnut Creek ish. About, yeah, about hour, hour 10. So yeah, it's about five hours from LA. I'm, I really want to come up for that, but I'm not sure yet with work, but yeah, yeah. looks worried. like a really sick show. Yeah. Um, so will this really be your first time taking the stage again in 10 years or have you gone up and done some karaoke? No, 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 not <laughs> even karaoke. Uh, no, this will be, this will be raw, raw deal. Uh, I think the last show we played was Oakland Metro in 2012. I heard that's a good venue. Yeah, no, Oakland Metro sick. I mean, it's like one of the, you know, we have a lot of good venues in the Bay, but one of the few that really like brings it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, that was, like, God, that was December 2000 or January 2012, man. I don't know. It was 10 years ago. <laughs> I know. It's, it's crazy. It went yeah. fast though. Those years went fast, honestly. Yeah, no, for sure. It did. Um, are you nervous about taking the stage again or are you ready to kick some ass? 
Yeah, I think both, both for sure. You know what I mean? Like we honestly, we've taken this really seriously Mm -hmm. uh, the last, you know, eight months or so, or however long we've been like practicing and recording. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, for me personally, like, yeah, I haven't like got up on stage and sang since then. So it's going to be hopefully kind of like a lot of the same, but it, it feels good that we're doing it with the dudes I know and trust and love. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know it's super cheesy and dumb, but. Did you, know, you typically I've, get like stage fright or preset nerves in the past or anything? Not really, honestly. Um, like I said, because I'm going up there with like some of my best friends and homies that I've known for a long time. It's just, you know what I mean? Like you do anything with your good friends, you feel yeah. pretty cool, So No, for sure. You're just like ready to kick it. Yeah. Um, I saw that there's actually some new songs included in the set list. Will we get to hear these songs recorded soon or perhaps before or long, not after the concert? No word. Yeah. We're, uh, we're recording April 16th. Oh, in, sick. Okay. Uh, with uh, Newtown studios out in Pittsburgh with our guy, Ben. Really? He actually, okay. Yeah. He recorded our EP. Um, so Newtown studios, huge plug. Dope. Wait, so you were, yeah. you were there for the EP it was in Pittsburgh? Yeah, so we did that with yeah. him in Pittsburgh. Wait, I, that was like in October. Uh, wow. Ben's recording. I mean, he's done a bunch. Of, he, I think he did some stuff for No Pressure for sure. Um, oh, it's dope. Sweet. And a, a few other bands. I think one band we're playing with on the 8th, I, it's failing me right now because, again, my brain is... Goldview? No, no, no. Goldview's been doing... I mean, Goldview's sick, but they've been doing that. I think... I don't know who they recorded with. Um, it might have been Sam Pura, I'm pretty sure. There was Goldview, Neverland, Giveaway, Stealing Home, Tarnish. Right. It might have been Stealing Home or Tarnish uh, okay. that recorded with Ben, but I uh, hope those dudes forgive me. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> All good. <laughs> Pittsburgh's dope, though. You like it out there? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I grew up out here, so it's, it's like one of those cities that you just kind of know that's yeah. next door, and uh, Pittsburgh's there for sure, for yeah. sure. That's sick. Yeah. Um, so for anyone that wants to get tickets to this, where can they pick them up? And you guys are going on first, right? I think so. Yeah. The, I, I'm pretty sure the idea is we're opening. Um, you could probably contact the X bar or okay. bowling alley and just hit them up. I mean, you know, Google will be there. Um, but I'm going to talk to the gold view dudes. I think this week and see what's going on with like pre-sale and all that. But I saw a bowling alley show right before COVID. Um, you know, the, the punk band gutter mouth. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That shit was crazy. <laughs> at a bowling alley? Yeah, it was at a bowling alley in like Encino, California. Yeah. And uh, of course, the singer was hammered. He, he always is. Um, but there was like three fights. And this was like, this was like right before COVID um, hit like that week. So it was just, it was like one last hurrah. <laughs> Damn, I was going to say, yeah, no one needs to be fighting post COVID. No, sure. not at all. Not at all. But it made I sense that. at that show. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah let's see here yeah i hope you guys get a really good turnout of that show though that's gonna be awesome yeah likewise it's kind of like it's it's definitely a hike from where we are but mm-hmm. we hope people just roll out early and whatever just come party absolutely i mean it's a good first show too yeah uh, no exactly sick uh any plans on bringing the great out party down to socal anytime soon Ooh, yeah i mean i hope so <laughs> I think, yeah, the soft answers, yes, but we don't have any like definitive set in stone. Right. The answer is we would love to play a show in Los Angeles. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we played Chain and like all those other like seminal venues down there. So if we could, we would. Um, you know, I think yeah. we're just looking at like one, one show at a time, literally. Speaking of Chain and speaking of no pressure, I have a kind of a bone to pick with that venue right now. A little bit. I mean, it's not really Chain, but me and my friends went to go see no pressure a couple weeks ago and we all got our cars towed oh damn yeah so where'd you park the fucking target Uh, oh playing with fire yeah i mean but like i've been going to shows yeah i've been going to shows there for like seven years though or something like that i know yeah people park at the target all the time but yeah i guess they they know now so don't park at target if anybody's hearing the, the chrissy teigen target the target of 2022 man it's just that that lot like totally fills up so fast, and I don't know where else you can go besides Target. Right, because it's on like what Lincoln, yeah, which is Lincoln. basically like a freeway. Yeah, there's like no street parking or anything. Park there, yeah, yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. That's a bummer, man. That sucks. But yeah, I hope you guys get to play there. That'd be awesome. In general, though, I feel like you guys and No Pressure would be like a perfect, you know, duo show for sure. Yeah, no, that would be sick. 
very yeah. similar, like, you know, feel energy. Yeah. Yeah. The vibes there. Uh, will the grayed out EP see a vinyl pressing soon or any possible sweet merch? Yeah, actually. So we just, we just made t-shirts. Um, we got t-shirts, yeah. buttons and pins. Uh, Dope. Yeah. Like I, I like the shirts are like supposed to show up this week. We got everything else, but we're waiting for these t-shirts, but um, yeah, we'll have it available at the show for sure. Did you say beanies? No, no. Uh, pins and stickers. Oh, stickers. Okay. We should make beanies. I feel like a beanie with that, that Reaper would be sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right um, gone hard wild. So who or what got you into music initially? Like in the beginning, way back when? Yeah, way back when. Baby Pete. Oh, Baby Pete. Oh, God, Baby Pete was awful. I, you know, like you come out of middle school and you just have no idea what you're into. Yeah. Like, um, I feel like I was I was such a huge new metal kid. Oh, hell yeah. Time. Yeah, like sixth grade to eighth grade. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Slipknot, Limp Bizkit kind of stuff. Oh, well, yeah, dude, it was corn, Limp Bizkit for sure. I remember I had a Limp Bizkit patch on the <laughs> backpack, and I got it in the seventh grade. And then going into eighth grade, I feel like I got just like worse new metal. But then I just crossed out Limp Bizkit. Like I had transcended that. You know what I mean? Like, got Yeah, you're like, I'm above this now. <laughs> I just, instead of like taking it off my backpack, I just took like a black pen and crossed it out. Like, oh, these guys suck, bro. Was that just because other people were saying they suck or? Probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just hopping on that train. Hopping on the train. And like Limp Bizkit <laughs> consistently made great music. Even up yeah. Today, so I, I'm not going to, I can't hate. Yo, but, yeah, I don't know. Like that, that, that's like, I started off like not knowing what like good music was. And then ironically coming back to the again, the metal rules. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I feel like, um, like actually our good friend, Brian, who's playing guitars in the band right now. Yeah. He you know, like classic 2001 fashion was just like, yo, like I'll make you like a mixtape of everything that I'm listening to and our friends are listening to or whatever. And like, we'll kind of rehabilitate you back to life. And that was, man, that was like spring 2001. People like, it was everything from like AFI to anti-flag to like the hoods. Oh, sick. Like one, you know what I mean? It was like, it, it was yeah. quintessential 2001. So dope yeah that's like that's what started it i feel like and you know got into like hardcore punk and then eventually pop punk after that so do you come from a musical family no no oh god no so nobody's really into it like even no no instruments no you know nope nothing yeah we're like purely uh irish catholic suburban family hell yeah i can relate <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like a lot of a lot of kids out there for sure I never would have pegged you as like an Irish dude. That's kind of funny. Yeah, no, uh, pretty much 100%. But uh, yeah, I'm 75. Yeah, I think, yeah, there we go. That's me too. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> A little Slovakian in me for all our Slovakian listeners out there. <laughs> so uh, this time next year was based out of Walnut Creek, just like the scoundrels in the story so far. Um, that's a very nice suburban area up there in beautiful Northern California. And uh, set, set Your Goals and some other big bands in the scene also got their start close by, um, which is like a pretty good track record for that area. Do you, do you think it was your upbringing in the scene that led to the formation of all these great bands? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like those bands for sure were the ones that kind of inspired us to like be a band. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. Set Your Goals. Uh, there were other hardcore bands like uh, For the Crown. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but like that, th those were like the bands that we would go see growing up mm -hmm. uh, in like the early 2000s. But yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's like, I think it's kind of amazing. Honestly, if you think about like just those two bands alone, set your goals and the story so far, have become such like, at least for like pop punk, like household names, you know what I mean? No, for sure. And the fact that the story so far is still killing it today. It's just crazy, honestly. Right. Yeah. And even yeah. like set your goals, like I, we were just listening to their, like their first demo. Yeah, so good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, someone put it on. Yeah, uh, we we're practicing the other day, and we're like, "This is still like this still bangs." You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. They were great from the start. Um, so what was it like growing up and going to shows at your local venues, most notably like Gilman? Yeah, I mean Gilman by and large hasn't changed since we were going to shows there. Wow. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it has in a way with like COVID and all that, but like. I think like Gilman's ethics are just exactly the, as they were 20, 25 years ago, whatever it was. But, um, you know, we honestly like 
before that, like there were other, like just, we had, um, there was a Danville Grange, which I don't know if anyone's listening, but they'll, maybe they're familiar with that, but they like had these killer shows at Danville Grange, um, which was just basically like a VFW hall way out in the boons, like way, way out in the cuts. But like, um, you know, I'm pretty sure like Scarhead played there. And you know what I mean? It's like pretty crazy, like hardcore shows were out like a damn old range. Yeah. Um, and so there was that, there was like the Lafayette Community Center, which again, we saw like other local hardcore bands play. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously Gilman. Uh, there was Oakland Metro, which used to put on like amazing shows. Uh, but by and large, I would say the best, in my opinion, like the best venue and the most missed venue is the Pound in San Francisco. I, I, are you familiar with that, that place? I might have heard of that one. I'm not sure, though. I, I think now it's like one of those, like it's like a plant store or something. Oh, weird. You know, like, like, an outdoor, like, like a garden center. Like I Googled it the other day. I'm like, oh, like a nursery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's out in Hunter's Point in San Francisco. But like the pound for sure was like at least my favorite venue next to Gilman. Like just the steady quality of shows and stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the dudes that ran it were amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Just quality hardcore shows and everybody got along and there was no bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just yeah. one of those venues that kind of got it. No, but, for sure. We had, we had a lot of good venues here and we, we still have a couple, but you know, sometimes we would have certain venues that the security were just assholes at. Right. Like, I'm not sure if you ever played club infinity or extreme wheels, the skate park. No. Is that in Ventura? No, in Buffalo here. I'm talking about Buffalo. New oh, York. Buffalo. Okay. No, no. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think you guys played Mohawk though. Mohawk plays in Buffalo. Yeah. We played that. And then I'm pretty sure we played like some like outdoor, it was like amphitheater, but it, it's not in, not in like a good way. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was like, it was some like, it wasn't like a county fair. It was just some like awful outdoor show. We played oh, there. weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My friend Kyle Tedesco actually booked you guys at one point. I think it was the yeah, Mohawk oh. show. Was that Mohawk with the I Wonder Years? So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, he loved you guys too back then. Yeah. Um, would you say that Gilman is kind of like the chain reaction of the Bay Area in a way? Yeah, I, I would say that's safe. Yeah. Um, I've never gone there, but like I've seen I've seen the sets, like I've seen the story so far in Green Day just killing it there and just the crowd goes nuts. No, for sure. I mean, Gilman is like the seminal venue, like punk venue in the yeah. Bay Area. It's it's our I mean, it's almost like our CBGBs, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, LA or Southern California has um, chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I don't know, like, I'm not familiar with LA right now, like what they have going on as far as like news and stuff. No, we have like a lot, a lot of new venues now, actually. There's like one called the Lodge Room. I'm trying to think of all like the new ones. I saw this new new one recently that was actually outside called Brother Brother, which is sort of like this this clothing store with this outdoor patio area. And I saw World Be Free play there, the the hardcore oh, no, sure. hardcore project with Scott Vogel from Terror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're probably aware. Um, yeah, it was sick. Oh. But yeah, so Saves the Day clearly changed your life from the start, as well as bands like Blink One Eighty Two and Newfound Glory. Who are some of your other early inspirations? Oh my God. Well, yeah, saves the day hundred percent. Um, so good. This, this band called hum. I mean, I don't know. I mean, some people are familiar, some aren't, but yeah, hum I've heard of the, hum. Yeah. It just absolutely like, um, I would say next to saves the day, like the most, uh, formative band for me mm-hmm. growing up, at least as a younger person, um, they actually put out like a newer record in 2000. I want to say August, 2000, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their drummer, I feel like, just passed away like not too long ago. So, oh damn, it's like, um, yeah, it's hell sad. But um, Hum for sure was a huge band for me. Um, you know, even like Newfound Glory, like we did a, a Newfound Glory tour in 2011, and that was just like that blew my mind. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like 2002, me version of that, whatever that is. Like I, that was just crazy because that was such like, a big band for me growing up. Yeah, now six, Sticks and Stones is turning 20 this year. That's fucking crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. Yeah. yeah I still remember that. I was I was super little. <laughs> no, that um, record kills. Yeah. No, I mean, what was that like just playing with your heroes? That's insane. You know what I mean? It's it's like yeah. you can't really think of doing anything else better. 
you know what I mean? Because like when we wrote music in this time next year, it was just like we wrote the music we wanted to write and then mm -hmm. we toured whenever we could. And once I, I can't remember, I think Brad was the one that got the got the hook on that. But I mean, it just blew my mind. You know what I mean? Like it was like you couldn't do anything cooler than that. So it was sick. No, I always respected the grind that you guys had. You guys were constantly moving. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. For like the solid six years that you guys were together. It was just like just movement, which is amazing. It, it, it was a grind, dude. Yeah. It was, it was, it was the good and the bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And before this time next year was born into the world, you and Brad were actually in a hardcore band called The Starting Point. Right. Yeah. Dennis too. Oh, actually, Dennis and Brad were in that before I was. Really? But yeah, they, I mean, they, they were doing that for like a year or two. Um, yeah. So, that, I mean, that's, that was kind of like the genesis of uh, this time next year is that we were doing this hardcore band for like, I don't know. I was only in it for maybe like a year. Okay. And then um, I can't remember who it was Brad or Dennis, but one of the two or both were like, you know, we have this idea of doing like more melodic, like movie yeah. life, pop punk, whatever. Um, and like, I was obviously like really stoked on that, but yeah, I don't even know how it came up that I would sing for that band, honestly, but it just, that's how it came to be. So what did you play on the starting point? I played guitar and like really, really bad guitar. Oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> like really, really shitty guitar. So I feel uh, like th those recordings are on YouTube, right? A little bit. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, I'm sure out there somewhere in the world. Yeah, that's crazy. That was like 2005. Yeah, I, I joined in 2005 for sure. That's wild. <laughs> we'll return to our program after these messages. We had talked about it you know like everyone was bullshitting the band like oh we should do you know every band does this we're like we should do some completely divergent sound of music yeah. and we finally um we hit up zach oren out in oakland and he did um he recorded set your goals demo and a, you know a lot of like uh, i think animosity and some other hardcore bands in the bay area but 
um, we just hit him up and we're like, yo, we, we want to book some time. And I think we just wrote three songs or four songs or something for the demo. Sick. Totally Sick. different from what we did with, with starting point. And then um, mm-hmm. that was kind of it. That was like, I guess the, the ending of starting point and the transition to this time next year. So. And obviously you guys named your band after the movie life record with the same name. Uh, I just happened so happened to be at a record store today in Buffalo called black dots. And they actually had that record. And I was, I was going through the record. Oh, no way. It was like, Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of a funny coincidence. Did you, Um, did I, what did I buy it? Yeah. No, I I already bought like two other records, (laughs) but I should have honestly next time. Uh, Roadmaps and Heart Attacks is, you know, such a breakthrough debut record and one that really stands the test of time. I'm curious, what was the initial inspiration behind the artwork and where were those images delved from? It's like, you know, kind of like a cool collage of, I'm guessing, 50s images. Right. Um, I think so. We had talked about it for a long time. You know what we wanted to do as far as like visually for the artwork. Yeah, Um, it's for sure like a Green Day reference. If anyone else like out there in the world got it. it was a big rip off Green Day, to be honest. Was it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean... Um, I didn't catch it. In what way? So, like, if you look at the album... Fuck, um, what is it called? <laughs> I just got off work, so... No, you're good. Insomniac. Right, that was... That was oh, the, oh okay. I was, I was like, like thinking of Dookie for some stupid reason. No, 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 no. Um, I think Dennis was the one that was like, dude, Insomniac has like amazing album art. So if yeah. you like, look, if you look at that record and compare it to Roadmaps, it, like the art is very similar. So <laughs> where did you guys get all like the clippings though? Is that just from a magazine or something? Oh no, that was all us. Um, like literally, I think Equal Vision at the time was like, yo, like I think it'd be cool if you guys would like grab stuff from your house, That's like whatever, sick. like what's in your room that you have that we can all throw together um and our dude kyle that worked at evr at the time he did like most of our merch designs but he put that all together yeah. we, we gave him like a bunch of like like shit honestly we're like yeah this is like i think i had like a um an old like love letter from an ex like a deep ex you know what i mean yeah very private stuff and um we, i gave that to him too and it's i think it's somewhere in the album art that dope yeah uh-huh. I was peeping at the the Wikipedia on the record and it said that in April, 2010, there was a pay what you want option for people to snag right. the album for cheap. Uh, was that like a wise investment at the time? And did that help the, uh, the album get out on rotation more? Yeah. I mean, as far as like wise investment, we didn't really care about uh, what revenue we brought. You know what I mean? Like, we're just like, we just yeah. wanted people to listen to the album. So like, yeah, you wanted time, to get out of there. Yeah. And like, I know a lot of bands do that now and it makes a lot of sense. Um, back then it made as much sense as anything else we did. We're just like, whatever, you know, like people will get it somehow. So no, for sure. And that gets more people at the shows in general. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we didn't really make, we didn't make any money. Yeah. No, it's just, just a steady grind, <laughs> have fun, play shows, release great music. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, will we ever see a vinyl release of that treasure? Oh God. I don't know. I would love to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll plead the fifth on that. I don't know yet. <laughs> that would be amazing though. Yeah. That'd be sick. Uh, so you guys recorded drop out of life with Chad Gilbert from newfound glory two years after fireworks recorded their first full length with the same Chad. Uh, what was it like getting to work with him? Same. I mean, that's, I, I feel like that's somebody we looked up to. Um, he's, I mean, he's made consistently like great, great records. The fireworks record was obviously amazing, but, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, he did that terror record trapped under ice. Like, yeah, just, they, those records sound perfect. Um, and that was right around, it, it was either before or after we, I think the terror record was before us and obviously fireworks, but yeah, I mean, getting to work with Chad was just like, it was kind of a perfect combination because he got what we were trying to do with that record. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And we also kind of gave him the wheel, so to speak, we're like, dude, like you, you've written amazing records too, or wrote, I should say. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, like, you know, we did it with his, his dude, Paul, who was like, you know, recording and mixing everything. And um, it just was like a really holistic, good combination of dudes in the same room. And so, you can tell he understood you guys and just what right. you were going for. I mean, it came together so tight. Um, 
I think that really put the hook in us too. And obviously, you know, Chad has been writing and doing music for Newfound too. So it was like this combination of him understanding, you know, kind of younger, smaller touring bands or fireworks wasn't really smaller, but you know what I mean? Like he got yeah. that, he got that, um, whatever that vibe was. He's like, I can make that to the next level. So no, for sure. It was just a privilege, man. You know, it was cool. But yeah, after some touring supporting this sophomore release for the band, you guys called it quits. Uh, what exactly led to the end of the band? Damn, hitting with the heavy questions. <laughs> the heavy stuff. Um, you know, like I, I would say 100% that was all me. Like I think the dudes were obviously blindsided by what happened. Um, I think, you know, we had been grinding and touring for so long yeah it just it takes like it takes a toll on you mentally you know what i mean for sure and i think i was at the time i was like 26 or 27 maybe mm-hmm. i was getting older getting closer like the wrong side of 20 you know what i mean yeah yeah and you start having that like pseudo quarter life crisis where you're like man what am i doing you know yeah. so honest answers i think i just kind of freaked out and just was like you need a break yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it started like I need to take a break. And then um, I was like, maybe I can revert back to just being a bit more normal and yeah. like living in, in suburbia and just kind of decompressing from tour and all that. And then it, it just kind of stagnated and it turned into that. So, um, and then everybody just branched out and worked on other things for a while. Yeah. And like, I was honestly, I was really happy to hear that like Brad was doing Miss Her. Yeah. And that later on, like Tony and Dennis and James, like basically the Simex here, were, they were all jamming still, you know what I mean? Like writing music. And, um, you know, I obviously felt very guilty about that. But like, I, you know, we've we've since talked about it. And um, I've never like put this out there for anybody outside the band. But yeah, um, sorry to put you on the spot. I had to get the info. No, <laughs> no, I, I kind of like and I almost like figured that would be like, a, a topic of discussion, too. But yeah, of course. You know, I've, I've talked to the dudes, at least like the great out guys um, and just been like, yo, like, that was my fault. And that I, I apologize. But, um, you know, like it, we're, we're all adults now. We all have like, kids and jobs and we're just trying to be good people to each other and write yeah. music. Not for sure. I'm just glad to have you back. Oh, yeah. Oh, brother. I'm so stoked. <laughs> <laughs> And I actually, I never got to see you guys back in the day, which is crazy because I was going to the shows since I was like 12, but um, and, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I feel like we, damn, we only played Buffalo like a uh, couple times, maybe like twice. Yeah. With this time next year, so. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but one day, hopefully. <laughs> you guys ever come back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so what was it like getting, play, getting to play Warp Tour? Warp Tour was um warp <laughs> warp tour is hard it's it's a hard hard thing to do it was amazing right like you get to play warp tour yeah so there's this like incredible like privilege to be there and you're playing with these amazing bands but you know like you use the word i mean it's a grind dude yeah no for sure yeah. they all say that if you're especially you know if you're in a van a van in a trailer you don't have a bus or like a bunk or anything like that it's yeah it, it can suck but it's I mean, it's so much, I mean, if you're doing it with the good people that you're with, like people you trust and love, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, you get to do that. Anything crazy happened on Warped? God, I can't even remember. That was like 2010. <laughs> it's like 20 probably, years ago. <laughs> probably not. Honestly, like I, I'm like the worst person to ask about crazy stories. I feel like I was driving the whole time. I'm like, Let's yeah. To Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. I was going to ask you who, who drove. <laughs> Oh man, uh, the Kings of Drive. I mean, that was definitely Dennis or myself. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I feel like if I was in a band, I'd have to drive. I'd be too scared. Somebody was going to crash. Right. Yeah. And someone's got a daddy that thing, man. You got to yeah. get my phone and just make sure no one dies. And again, like I feel like this time next year had nine lives. Like we just we never got hurt. You know, we never got in trouble. Like we just we just did our thing and, and got to the next show. And I I feel very lucky. So there was no no van accidents ever. No, against all, I mean, there were, there were moments where like, I would be falling asleep at the wheel yeah. and someone would wake me up and I'm like, oh man, I, th- I think I saw a cat run across the road or maybe it was a person They're like, no, dude, you need to pull over and just, just you know take, what I mean? Take a breather. <laughs> and we would, we, we would, you know, we'd say, we'd find a hotel and we'd pay the price, 
whatever it was. Like, I mean, we yeah. went broke. We would pay like, you know, out of our own pocket for gas and hotels and stuff like that for a long time. Yeah. But if one of you is like driving, um, does anybody care if you had like the music plan? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. sacred. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah so I mean, you couldn't or you could? No, you could. It was, I, I think the rule was whoever was driving like reign supreme on, yeah. on like the iPod at the time, not the, not the iPhone. I would say the iPod. Yeah. Good old iPod nano or shuffle. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's got like 18 bands on it or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what were some of your go-to food stops while on the road? Oh man. Uh, waffle house for sure. Like outside California was waffle house. That was my number one. Like Northern or was that like North Carolina or something that I feel like that's all in the South. Yeah. Right? Georgia, Georgia, North Carolina. Yeah. Right. Right. Up to like the, yeah, the Carolinas. Um, I mean, we did like the obligatory, like Wawa and sheets. Yeah. And I feel like everybody on the East coast is like, you gotta eat at sheets. I don't think I've ever had sheets actually. Yeah. That's cool. I've had a uh, Whataburger recently though in Texas. That's pretty damn good. Whataburger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what else we would do. I feel like Waffle House was just like our number one, you know? Yeah. Cigarettes and waffles. Gotta, gotta love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <Go park. laughs> uh, so it seems like it's so much easier for bands and artists to blow up these days, thanks to social media. Um, but you guys really just straight up thrived from constantly grinding and touring. Um, but do you, do you think it would have been different had you guys had the band around today? Man, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I definitely feel like it's a different ecosystem. You know what I mean? Like being yeah. a band, like everything's, you know, like you can go straight to Spotify pretty much and listen to any band you want to listen to. Mm -hmm. uh, back then, we toured, it was like MySpace. Yeah, totally. Right? You know, and then if you got on iTunes against all odds, it was just like a whole nother thing. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to answer that. It, it probably would be different. Yeah. But I think I was talking to Tony about this this last weekend. Um, we went and saw Jawbreaker and we were just like hanging out outside. Yeah, dude, it was amazing. Um, but he was like, dude, like the last 10 years, basically from like this time next year, stopped and Great Out began. You know, we've all done you know, we've had kids, we've had jobs, we've had lived in different countries or whatever, and like had this like wealth of experience. I feel like we're doing, we're doing something different with Great Out. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. As far as like whatever the project is. So, I mean, maybe it would have turned out differently with this time next year if we did it now. I don't know. I mean, it's cool. People are buying records again, though. You know, a lot of people buy vinyl at shows now. So that's, that's definitely helpful for the band. Yeah, no, that's sick. That, and that's been like going hard for like, probably like 10 years, like since 2011 yeah. or 2012. So no, for sure. And especially the last five, I feel like double time, you know? Yep. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I think it's amazing. I see like bands putting out like seven inches in vinyls. Like that's, that's red. Yeah. No, I'm hoping you guys get great out on a vinyl pressing soon. Yeah, we're trying to, that's, that's something we're thinking about. We're doing two new songs. So hopefully they do we'll do like, like a cheeky seven inch. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so you actually moved to China to teach English for a bit after the band ended? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, good old yeah. Brett told me about that. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that too. <laughs> um, yeah, that that was like one of those, you know, life things where I was like, what am I going to do? Got to make money. Yeah. You I'm know, to China, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a normal human thing. <laughs> what made you do that? You know, I, I went there, like, when I was in college, I, I went there for a month, like, some, like, exchange program through my school. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's honestly, it's, like, an amazing place to go to. Mm. Um, so I went, and I was like, you know what? If I did anything after the band, I would go back to China just for, like, a year. Yeah. And, you know, do the thing there. But, um, you know, at the time, I spoke Chinese. Um, I went back to school and took more classes in Mandarin and was you know, just like this makes sense. And, you know, I really don't have any ties here in the States. So, um, you know, I think it's important, like for people, especially if you're young, like go live somewhere else crazy. You know what I mean? Like go get out of your comfort zone, mm -hmm. uh, you know, figure that out. So that's, I don't know. I was like 28, 29. Like yeah. Go move. Around. How long did you say you were there for? 
about a year. I, I had a, like a year, yeah, a year contract. And then um, just, it's like, a, it's a really hard place to live, honestly. Uh, it's fun and, and whatever, but you know, it's, 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 it's hard. So. In what uh, ways, what ways was it hard? Well, I mean, like, you know, just culturally, if you don't speak the language fluently, you know, which I didn't, like, I just spoke Mandarin. Um, mm. You know, you have that, like, culture shock, I think, takes like a year or so to get over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you're moving 6,000 miles from your your home country and you don't know anybody. You know, all my family and, and best friends were, were here in the States. So, and there was that element. And also I told myself, like, I'm just going to do this for a year. Just do something different. Yeah, you know, put a put a hard stop on it and just be like, I'm gonna go back home. But yeah, no, it must have been a pretty cool experience though for like a year to just do something completely different. Yeah, no, it was wild. Give me give me some crazy perspective for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see any good punk shows out there? No. <laughs> any, anybody come to town? No. Zero. <laughs> Actually, you know what? When I was there, Trash Talk came to China. Oh no way! I'm pretty sure they played Beijing, and I very seriously considered going, but then again, it's like. That's a you whole know, they, day getting there, probably. Yeah, it, it's like a, a crazy train ride up to the north. Um, yeah. so I, I kind of regret not doing that, but no, there were like no shows there. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. What did you do to just to like pass the time, just check stuff out and just oh, hike, hikes and stuff? Or Oh, I love you're asking this question. I mean, I don't think I've ever really, like, um, basically, you know, so I, I worked like six days a week. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? So you had like one day off. Um, so, you know, I taught kids that were anywhere from like three to 10. Yeah. Like kids, you know what I mean? That didn't speak a word of English. So you That's had to learn so the cool. language. Well, yeah, I mean, it is, but I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's a trip. You know what I mean? Um, so on my time off, like I would just kind of go into the city and I, I lived in Shanghai and just, explore as much as I could travel you know I went to Vietnam for a minute um wow it's a Laos other parts of China you know what I mean just to try to get out and just see what it is because I knew I, I was only going to be there for like 14 months or 12 months whatever it was so yeah was it hard at any, any time though were you like super homesick at all or were you just accepting yeah it? I know well you know yeah of course yeah I mean you miss where you're from and, and whatever but not in the sense like I don't know. It wasn't like soul crushing homesickness. You're just like, yeah, this yeah. is cool. And I'm ready to go back and live my yeah. life. Not for sure. And after you were in China, you actually moved to LA for a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, that's how I reconnected with uh, Brett. Uh, but I was living in Long Beach. I just like, I, I took a job and it was boring, but uh, I took a job <laughs> with the company I was working with in, in China and um, had an out to get back to LA and I was like, whatever, I'll, I just want to go back to California. Yeah. And ended up here. But um, yeah, that's kind of how like Brett and I reconnected. And um, we fish a bunch down there and do whatever. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, he's a, he's a major fisher over there. Were you actually um, going to shows the last 10 years as an attendee? Like actively? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I saw like some of the best shows when I was down in uh, Southern California, for sure. Um. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from from the second, you know, we we've I think everybody in the band has actively been going to shows and just living their life up here. That's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, do you keep up with the newer bands in the scene? Yes. <laughs> yeah. The answer the answer is yes, but I I mean I don't know. Like I feel like I find a band like every like four or five months, six months. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is it. I ride that until yeah uh, I find the next band. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Aside from like no pressure, are there any other newer, newer like pop punk bands that you're into? Yeah, um, there's this band. Do you know Stand Still? I think they're from New York, Long Island, maybe or not yet. Yeah, uh, that's a band I've been listening to lately that I, I think is making really cool music. Nope. Um, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. I don't mean to punish that band super hard. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, there's like other hardcore bands like. Um, that I've kind of gotten into too. Yeah. But I don't know. Pop, pop punk has definitely taken like a weird turn though. Like it's definitely a lot different. I feel like you guys came from like the golden era, you know, when everybody was just coming out. Right. Like fireworks, the wonder years. I mean, it just was a powerful time. Yeah. No, I mean, I appreciate you saying that too. 
No, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of us, I, I think when we, we did great out, we're like, we, we tried as hard as we could, not as hard as we could, but we tried to do something different. But then a lot of like folks who were talking to were like, yeah, this sounds like this time next year. Like, oh yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> it is. Yeah. I think it's got its own, its own sound for sure. Oh, good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it's amazing. You're, you're still really a great singer. So thanks, man. Sick. Yeah. So you, you used to work in a diner. Uh, yeah. Ruggie's diner in, in the San Ramon, California. Hell yeah. How was that? That was as bad as someone could think a diner job is. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the management there, like the, the guy that ran it, Ruggie, was amazing. Like the sweetest dude in the world. Uh, but you're doing, you work at a diner, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like whatever people think that job is, is exactly what you think it is. So wasn't that during the band too? Like a little bit? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing with the band is like, and I, I was just talking to Tony about this every like six months you had to change jobs. Like you had to get a new job. Like, oh yeah. I, worked, I, I think I, I started working at uh, a movie theater and then I worked <laughs> at Macy's doing like shipping and, you know, like unloading trucks. Yeah. And then they either, it, it's one of those things where like, oh, I have to go on tour for two months. Can I have my job when I get back? And they're like, no, you can't. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to hire someone else. So then uh, I went to Baby Gap for a minute. Oh, no way. Baby Gap specifically, not Gap. Like I, I applied for Gap. I'm like, well, we need folks at Baby Gap. That's pretty punk rock. Yeah. And then we did, uh, I did Ruggies, the diner after that. Yeah. Just sick, you know. Did any of them get real pissed when you were just like, yeah, I got to go on the road. <laughs> no. no. Like, Thanks. For, here's your check. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I mean, every, I, I, I would give a huge shout out to, I, I, don't, I don't even think Ruggies is a diner anymore, but. Oh, wow. No, those, those people were amazing to me. So. Yeah. Um, what, what was some of the most annoying situations you had to deal with while working there? Like any customers, super rude. Right. I was, I, well, I was going to say regular people that come in, you know what I mean? Like regulars yeah. and diners, like they have their way of getting their food and you're just like, oh, <laughs> I've, I've worked here for two months. So I don't know you. Yeah. Years. Um, so like the guys, like the cooks in the back, like, oh man, yeah, don't, don't, don't mind that dude. He like gets it this way. And they, they would usually like cover my ass and stuff like that. But yeah, the regulars for sure. So you have an honorable love for fish tanks. Where did that passion come from? Oh yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I, I feel like, damn. I mean, you must've fished a lot growing up, right? I did. Yeah. Like growing up, that, that's what we did up here. Like, you know, we have a couple like hidden lakes and we have obviously the ocean and stuff like that, but no, I, I feel like I, marine biology is like something like a kid just gets into by accident, you know, like, oh, fish, like cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like you just like, as a kid, you pick a hobby that you're into. Um, you know, I was listening to your podcast with Brett and Brett was talking about fishing. It's like, that's just like what you do. Yeah. That, I feel like that's what happened to me is I just picked that in science class in like the fifth grade. I'm like, oh, you know, marine biology is so cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's super like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. Um, you know, like I post stuff on Instagram and I had my, my friend Travis was like, you man, you're posting a lot of, fish tanks and aquariums are you cool you okay you okay <laughs> i'm like yeah no this is like what i do you know i don't put i don't put like that part of my life on on social media but anyways yeah <laughs> um so actually i was going to ask earlier have the pixies commented yet on your incredible cover of their song uh no and i i, I don't know if that's good or bad but yeah no not one word so yeah i think it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully What's not a lawsuit let's hope <laughs> yeah. um have you ever gotten hurt during a set like while yeah per while performing oh yeah no like i actually destroyed my ankle uh in el paso texas nice you know doing something dumb just like jumping like, oh yeah like, um you finished the show <laughs> yeah, unfortunately yeah I, I so there was that and then once i had like walking pneumonia or some awful form of food poisoning one of the two <laughs> or both and uh, we had to play some college in Wyoming or, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. And college shows, like when they book you, they're like, okay, we're going to book you for two hours, right? And we'll pay you, I don't know, whatever it is. They pay you a lot of money, but you have to play the show. Um, 
And I remember like telling Brad and Dennis, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I'm literally, I got to go to the hospital. Yeah. Like, okay, well, let's like do the show and then we'll figure out the hospital later. But yeah, you just kind of do what you got to do. It's kind of manage. Manage. Yeah. Um, have you ever gotten absolutely annihilated in a mosh pit? Yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, get punched in the face, whatever, but I don't know. Like what's your definition of annihilated though? Uh, that kind of stuff, I guess just, just like crazy. Shit happening. Like yeah. going to the hospital or <laughs> getting teeth knocked out. No, I don't know. Like, yeah. At the sake of sounding cringe, I'd, I'll say that. Yes, it's happened, but um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, some guy, I think got arrested or something for spin kicking at a code orange show with steel toe boots on. And he like dis- dislocated this girl's jaw. Right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was wild. So she's got a story to tell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what's your go-to routine for keeping your vocals in check when recording or before taking the stage? Um, You know, just not eating a lot of cheese and dairy. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. Honestly, I, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like with the the dudes in the band, like I'll just run through the set vocally and just sing it yeah, as loud as I can and just get it like, you know, loosened up and that's it. No, like drinks or anything? Yeah. I mean, maybe like a shot of bourbon for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. But no, I, I don't know. That's the spirit. <laughs> yeah i feel like i was such like an amateur I, I still feel this way like um you know i don't i don't really know what i'm doing like as far as singing i'm like we took vocal lessons for a minute brad and i did but yeah i don't know just, just wing you, it. yeah wing it and, and just don't blow it out yeah that's the biggest thing yeah drink a lot of water yes sir um so i always end this on a bullshit speed round i ask a lot of bullshit and you just kind of answer the questions as quick as you can so what's your favorite this time next year song? Alex in Wonderland. Hell yeah. For what's sure. the what's the worst venue you ever played? <laughs> uh Pensacola, Florida. But I, I I can't remember the name of the venue, but we played there like three times. So sorry, Pensacola, but you get number number zero. Good enough. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was that bad. I can't remember the venue. So put it that way. Florida's pretty bad. Um, grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Strawberry. The last item you threw at someone? Uh, <laughs> I, I guess like our Amazon remote at the dog. Not not what it sounds like. I didn't throw the remote at the dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, favorite trapped under ice song? <sighs> Gemini. Yeah. sure yeah most embarrassing moment uh da, 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 da. well do you have like another hour yeah <laughs> i don't know i'm gonna have to plead the fifth on that one i don't know i, I, I can't <laughs> yeah all right uh best video game of all time star fox name star a time fox 64 yeah okay. oh hell yeah name a time that you totally just finessed the industry which industry the music industry. The industry, yeah. Um, <laughs> probably the wrong guy to answer that question. I don't know. I just sat in the back seat. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my answer, yeah. <laughs> what did you get detention for in high school? Uh, I pushed Daniel Rios in the fifth grade. Pushed him to the ground, got detention. Hell yeah. Uh, best board game? Chess, for sure. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Funniest movie you've ever seen? Uh, honestly, in person, it was Step Brothers. And I hate that I'm saying Step Brothers because it's way funnier movies than Step Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the time, though, that was pretty funny. Blew my mind. Yep. Yeah. 2008. Uh, scariest movie you've ever seen? Uh, Exorcist, for sure. Which sport are you best at? Swimming favorite hardcore record hardcore record yeah uh oh my god um uh satisfaction is the death of desire 100 percent. favorite newfound glory song uh sunny hell yeah dude thanks so much for doing this oh yeah yeah brother thank you this was fun 
Yeah, this is Brad. I'm I'm glad I was part of it. Thank you. And uh, yeah, if anybody wants to go check out Great Out, they'll be playing April 8th at the X Bar. Yes, sir. Cupertino. So go check them out and be on the lookout for some new merch. And uh, where can they go find you guys? Like where, where can they follow you on Instagram and stuff? Spotify, Instagram, all of the above, iTunes, all that stuff. So we got a link tree in our Instagram. So just check it out. That's and, us. And that's at great out. At great out. Just one word. Perfect. And if people want to follow you, where can they find you? Pete Dunk. One word. Pete Dunk. That's right. Go <laughs> check them out. <laughs> Not a real name. <laughs> Thanks a lot for doing this, man. This is awesome. Yeah, likewise, brother. Thank Hopefully you. I'll be able to, to see you sometime soon at, at like a show or something. Yes, sir. Yeah, sooner than later. Awesome. Well, keep in touch. All right, brother. Thank you. Have a great night, buddy. Yeah, you too, man. See ya. Peace. Too much and what someone else is.